there. We're going to move right along because we are in Olympic fever here. So we're still talking Olympics, but we're going to talk swimming now because our swimmers are doing very, very well. And it's a far cry, especially with the women. It's a far cry from Rio because if you've, if you've heard me, I've said that I was at the Rio Olympic Games and there were no female swimmers in the pool there. And it was such a disappointment because I was always in the aquatic center, but there were just no uh, female swimmers. But there's been a huge change five years later. So I caught up with swimming coach uh, David Price. He's coached a number of um, Olympians also um, and he shared his views about uh, the performances of our swimmers at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Mr. Price, firstly, we already have a medal in the pool from Tatiana in the 100-meter breaststroke. She got silver. She was happy with it. What did you make of her performances from the heats leading up to the final? I think um, in the heats, she had this incredible swim and I think she surprised herself. She surprised everyone else I don't think anyone expected um, her to do that kind of performance in the heats. And then obviously the moment you do well, expectations rise. So then it was, you know, now, now I've got the Olympic record, what next, you know? Mm. So obviously in the semifinals, she took on Lily King, who's been basically undefeated in the last five or six years and had a best stroke. And uh, she held on and she swam this great swim and she, she took on Lily King. And then in the final, I think what happened is that the battle in Lily King's mind and Tatiana's mind is that they'd be racing each other. And you could see from the start of the race, they were just focusing on each other, and it was about dominating. Who would dominate the other one? And you could see Tatiana really got on top of Lily King, and she dominated the race. But that sort of, it was almost like a dogfight, you know, just from the beginning, it was just who's the toughest, who's going to be the best, and who's going to dominate this race. Mm. And I think both of them were so busy sort of racing each other that Lydia uh, Jacoby, the other girl from America, yep. she wasn't involved in it, and she just got she swam her own race very calmly, and I think she was lucky that this other fight was going on and she came through and she managed just to, to squeak the, the win out of uh, the 100 breaststroke. Obviously, the 200 mm-hmm. is a whole different story altogether. You know, going into the Olympics, Tatiana has been ranked number one in the world in the 200 breaststroke, but she was only ranked about number eight or ninth in the 100 breaststroke. <clears throat> so she far exceeded expectations by having this great 100-meter breaststroke. Now, the 200 is more a race. <clears throat> she got the silver medal at World Champs. She's confident in the 200 breaststroke. She swam the heats, um, broke the Olympic record, just missed the world record by a few 100. And then, obviously, wanted to get the world record um, this morning or whatever, you know. Mm. And uh, she, she was just outside of it. And I think if she just settles down now <clears throat> and swims a good race, She's going to be great. You know, I think she's in a league of her own. You can see the commentators are saying that. So the only thing will be if she gets a bit tense or something like that. Otherwise, I think she's going to be, she's going to be good to, to take this China best job. You know, she just seeing her mental attitude at the moment. She's on top of the world. She's happy. She's in a good place. And I think that's where you want to be going into the final in the, in the mental framework that she's in at the moment. Mm. Look, it's it's world swimming, it's the Olympic Games, anything can happen. Mm. But um, I think if there's anyone going in a big favourite, I think it's going to be Tatiana going into to be the favourite in this turn of breaststroke. You spoke, I think she has, yeah? 
Oh, sorry. I was just saying you spoke about she almost broke the world record earlier today, but she had that extra stroke at the end. What did you make of that, and what causes yeah. that? I think what happened is that she wasn't really... That was in the heat, um, the first swim. She yes. took that extra stroke going into the, to the wall. And I think at that point, I don't think she realized how close she was to the world record. So it was kind of like, this is just a heat swim, and I'm swimming well, and I'm feeling good, and there's the wall. I'll just take a little stroke and go in. I think in retrospect, when she sees the video and looks at it, she'll say, oh, for the rest of her life, why did I take that extra stroke, you know? <laughs> but I think at that point, she didn't know how close she was on the world record. And I think she was just, you know, enjoying the moment and just, you know, touching and not trying to do all the, everything perfect because she still had the semifinals and finals to come. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when she gets into the finals tomorrow morning, it's going to be thinking about all the little things that make a difference and try and make sure all those things she can put them together in the right way. Yeah. And alongside her will be Kaylin Corbett in that final. She set two PBs to reach the final. Has she already expect, exceeded expectations according to you? I think she's done exceptionally well. I think Kayleen, you know, is, is a really a great person and a great swimmer. I still think she's a little bit behind in terms of development, Tatiana. Another two, three years, I think she'll be she's a bit younger than Tatiana. Another two, three years, she'll be, have that strength and maturity of Tatiana. But I think she has the possibility. Look, there's an outside chance of a medal. Mm. It depends what, like, little dogfights happen in the race. You know, I think both in the heats and the semifinals, the nice thing is she was on the outside, so no one was taking much notice of her. And then she got to swim her own race and come through at the end and really, you know, take out the ones who are battling someone else in the pool. I think, obviously, you know, being ranked number four, she's going to be more in the center of the pool, which puts her pretty close to Tatiana and uh, Chukanova, the Russian girl. So she's going to be in the big ones. If she can keep her nerves, I think she's, she's got a great chance. But I think already she's, she's done exceptionally well. And um, she's in the final at the Olympics. It's the first time we've got two South Africans in the final. Mm. I think that's incredible achievement. And we're going to shout and hope that she can pull up a medal. But I think it's going to be a, quite a tough call. There's three or four girls there within one or two tenths of a second. They are older. They're mature. They should be the favorites. But if, Tatya, if um, Kayleen can just keep her calm and swim her own race, then I think she's going to be good. She's going to have a good chance uh, for a medal in that turn of And just on the lanes, Mr. Price, you've mentioned that Kaylin is in lane six. Tatiana is in lane four as the fastest qualifier. What advantage do the lanes give to the swimmers? Okay, so obviously, um, if you're a good swimmer, you want to be in the centre because you can see on either side of you. So you can see to the left and you can see to the right, you know, where the swimmers are. So you've got that vision that you've got both sides under control. <clears throat> so that's the one thing. If you're right next to the wall, land seven or eight, sometimes what happens is the water, you get, it's called like a wash. It hits the wall and comes back into your lane. So being in the center lane, you don't have that, that sort of that wash coming out and hitting you. So it's, 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 if you're a great swimmer, like, you know, Tatiana will be concentrating in the center of the pool, she can see swimmers on the left and the right, so she's aware of the race the whole time. Sometimes if, you, if you're stuck in lane eight, you're not going to see the entire field. You might just see swimmers in five, six, and seven, but you're not going to see lanes one and two because it's too far away. So ideally you want to be in the center. You've got both sides, and you've got control of the race. You're seeing what's going on on both sides. Mm. 
Okay. And on that note, um, Mr. Price, after the disappointment of not having female swimmers in the pool at the last Olympic Games five years ago in Rio, we seem to have a new generation now. There's also Erin Gallagher, there's a Rebecca Media also. What would you say has led to this turnaround? I think one of the big things is that we, we recognize there was no um, women swimmers and they hadn't been for about eight or nine years. And we did a drive to, to build up you know, relay teams and things like that to give more people, more girls, the belief that they could be part of an Olympic team. And I think this is really spread out, and we've got an incredible depth of women. You can see women are really dominating our swimming at the, at the Olympics mm. this year. And I think it's, they, they've got the confidence now that this is a place that they can be. You know, before we had a men-dominated team, so the women didn't feel comfortable or secure enough they thought that just the men were good and they weren't. So we've really taken time to build up the confidence and to, to let the girls believe in themselves that they also can be Olympians. And, you know, it's, now we have, we've got women who are, our women are dominating. We're going to have to mm-hmm. rebuild the men. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's really great and it's, it's lovely. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll over to the next Olympics as well. Because the strength of women swimming is, is, is not only the ones who are at these Olympics. We've got some incredible youngsters. And I think they're going to be there in uh, Paris as well. So the next thing is we're going to try to do the same with the men and get the next generation of men. We've got some good young ones, Peter Kutsia and Matt yeah. Sates over there. And Ethan Dupree, they're, both, they're all 17, 18 years of age. So they're extremely young for the Olympics. So we've got a nice uh, group of youth coming through, which I think by Paris will be amazing. Wonderful, and it's only three years away instead of exactly. four years away. Yeah, and it goes quick. <laughs> yes, looking at the man, I mean, Chadley Clough will leave Tokyo without a medal. Was it one Olympic Games too far for him? What do you make of his performances? And were you expecting something from him at these Games? Look, he hasn't, he hasn't shown top form for about two years now. So, you know, someone like Chad, you can never underestimate him. He's such an incredible racer that when you put him in, you know, into like a really tough race, He'll give his heart and soul and do whatever he can. So we knew that he'd be an incredible racer, and we were hoping put him in the right conditions, he would find deliver an amazing performance. And I think he really tried in that turn of butterfly. You know, he was 16th in the heat. Mm. He did that amazing swim to be ranked second or third, going into the finals. He just didn't have the, the finishing power in the finals, but he had a great swim. And I think, you know, um, you can hear the commentators the, the young bodies recover quicker. Mm-hmm. We all know that as we get older, we can't mm-hmm. do the things that we, we do in the young. So Chad at 29 years of age, you know, I think he's got that one incredible performance, but it's hard to go seven, eight days racing every day hard. I think it takes a toll on, a, on an older body. So I think, you know, maybe, you know, if he wants to stick around, maybe he can stick around, but then maybe go for maybe the 100 fly or such perhaps not such a grueling race. We, we, he talked about going to the 100 freestyle. So maybe some events that are a bit shorter, less demanding or taxing on the body, then his, his body will be able to cope with the, the grueling work and racing that it takes to keep up with the youngsters. Okay. And talking about the youngsters, we have this young generation coming through that you've mentioned. You've touched on a Matthew Sates being one of them. If I remember correctly, uh, while listening to you at the National Champs, you had tipped him as one to watch in Kabecha. Only 18, still in matric. Surely um, this was a great experience for him. What do these youngsters and Peter Kutsia and Ethan Dupree take out of these games? I think, you know, obviously we had no expectations for them. It was nice that Matthew Sates could make a semi-final. But they all sort of stood up and swam really well. And I think 
if you look at their performance, if I look at Peter Cook here, he, he went a 54-0. He's, 16, he's just turned 17 years of age. He's racing swimmers who are 23, 24 years of age, six or seven years older. And he's maybe half a second, six-tenths of a second outside of making a final. So, you know, when you look, he's still, he's still a teenager. You know, another two, three years in his early 20s when he gets that mature strength, there's no reason to expect him not to be in the final, getting in the medals. And I think we're hoping that the same for Ethan Dupree and Matthew Sates. They're still young. They're still teenagers. You know, give them another year or two to mature and develop. You know, Chad, at 2021, that's when he came out. They're still three years short of that, you know. So I think we've got a great future. I think Paris will be amazing for these swimmers. It's just for us in South Africa to, to really support, you know, our athletes and our swimmers and things like that and try and give them more opportunities. I think we've been a bit limited. Obviously, it's been a terrible year with COVID and, you know, all the other conditions that have affected South Africa. But, you know, the president keeps talking about rebuilding, and I think in, in terms of sport, we, we've, got to, we've got to come out hard and rebuild now and really work with these young athletes and give them opportunities so they can be amazing at 2024 in Paris. And what do you make of a progress of a Michael Hewley since moving to the U.S.? Has he made uh, some progress for you? I think he's done well. I think obviously the U.S. was also in quite a hard um, lockdown and things like that. <clears throat> a lot of the kids over there, we know they, they picked up COVID. They were out for five, six weeks. The university program shut down for six months and things like that. So it hasn't been an ideal situation. Um, obviously, Michael Hooley, if he wants to really step up, I think he's going to have to relook at himself now. And obviously, he's going to have to improve his performance because it, it, was, a, it was a nice performance for a first-timer. But, um, you know, he's not, he's not a 16- or 17-year-old swimmer now. He's around 20, so he's really got to pick up his game and um, get down to a much faster time if he wants to be a contender in Paris in 24. And as we wrap up, as a coach, having coached a number of Olympians, how would you describe the state of SA swimming at the moment? I think, look, um, I think like the rest of the country, we, we've been in dire straits with the lockdown. I think most people have been hit financially. I think sport has been, you know, we've been locked down so we couldn't train properly. And I think that's what affected Chad is that, you know, six months or three, four months out the water, you can't compete against people competing. I think our, our talent is there. Our talent is unbelievable. That's why every Olympics we come up and we deliver medals. We have the talent, but somehow we have to put more resources in behind these talents. So instead of one Tatiana, maybe we could have three or four girls winning medals. You know, that's, that's the dream. So I think we have, the, we have the talent. It's somehow just getting resources to have facilities and give the kids the opportunity to work year-round. I think there's no stopping what we can do. Yes, and, and are you finding talent in the previously disadvantaged communities or is it also a lack of facilities like you've mentioned? Exactly. No, we've got some amazing swimmers coming up. You know, really, really, you know, there's one uh, 17-year-old, um, Bobby in the belly, mm. brilliant guy. You know, he's going like a 50-point, which is faster than uh, Lake Nertling, and all of them went at 17, you know, so, and he's just been exposed to better facilities. You know, if we can take the previously disadvantaged kids, give them facilities, give them opportunities, there's no reason that they can't be superstars as well. Mm. So it's just, it's directing and channeling that we can give the kids the opportunity to be part of a program that can allow them to sort of fulfill their dreams and realize what they can do.
That is Coach Dean Price, a former Springbok himself, just talking to us about our swimmers' performances at the Olympic Games.